The ALS Foundation recently saw their annual donations increase dramatically, and they added over 300,000 new donors to their register. Even if you don't have a Facebook account, you are likely aware that they accomplished this with a brilliant online marketing campaign called the Ice Bucket Challenge. If you don't know about this, a person posts a video of him or herself good-naturedly having a bucket of ice dumped on their head. They make a donation to the ALS Foundation and immediately challenge three friends to do the same. It's a bit of a craze and it likely won't be around much longer. Still, whenever I see a Tzedakah trend go so well, I always think, oh, why didn't Congregation Emmanuel think of that first? I mean, picture this with me, okay? Congregants make videos of themselves eating a piece of gefilte fish, <laughs> making a donation to the temple, and challenging three other congregants to eat a piece of gefilte fish and make a donation to the temple. I think it could help our budget and our endowment I see our president looking at me thinking, why don't you just stick to being a rabbi and let development work on these things? Tzedakah, the practice of making monetary contributions to a person or organization other than yourself, is one of the most ingrained values and traditions in Judaism. In the hodgepodge of commandments that fill this week's Torah portion, say, the habit of giving tzedakah is one of the commandments that the Jewish people continue to live by. Torah's instructions for giving tzedakah could be considered nearly as gimmicky as the ice bucket challenge. I am not speaking ill of the ice bucket challenge because raising millions of dollars and greater awareness for ALS is fantastic and I really do wish we had thought of it first. But I feel confident that years from now, very few people will remember the Ice Bucket Challenge of 2014. I believe that the Torah Portions Harvest Challenge was equally innovative in its time and is still a guiding light. Here's how the Harvest Challenge works. You farm your land, you harvest your produce, Whatever doesn't get picked up in the first round of the harvest is fair game for people in need. In biblical times, they set up the tzedakah system so that the person needing the extra help could get it with no sense of shame. We see an example of the harvest challenge practice in the story of Ruth, where in the field, owner Boaz assists Ruth in the common practice of gleaning the field. Leaving a portion of the harvest for those in need was just one form of tzedakah innovated and mandated by Torah. Throughout the Torah, we are taught of the value of the truma offering, a regular gift offering to the temple. Also throughout the Torah, we are instructed to set aside a full tenth 
of our produce if we are farmers, of our income if we have one, to give to the temple, the stranger, the orphan, and the widow, specifically to the most vulnerable in our society. And we continue that practice to this day, always defining in our time who are the most vulnerable in our society. We continue to promote the very Jewish concept of giving a portion of whatever you have to the temple and to other organizations that support the most vulnerable among us. We do it with the truma, the gift offering to the temple, the ma'asar, the 10% sadaka to the temple and to society's most vulnerable, and the harvest challenge, the practice of leaving a portion for those in need are just three of Judaism's inventive practices for using the concept of tzedakah to share a portion of what we have with others. In each of these tzedakah practices, our religion never asks a person to become poor themselves or to give it all away. Not only that, but the beauty of the comprehensive tzedakah system in Judaism is that it is all meant to be practiced by every person, regardless of one's economic circumstances. Individuals with lesser means are equally mandated to give a portion of tzedakah. I learned the wisdom of this early on in my own family as my family struggled month by month to pay the bills. After my father died, I opened his checkbook and I saw that not only had he been contributing to our temple all those years, he wrote so many checks for $18 to so many different charitable organizations, some Jewish, many not. Giving tzedakah on a regular basis can make any person feel rich, regardless of income level. High-income earners like Bill and Melinda Gates have taught us that enormous gifts can make an enormous difference. But small-income givers, like my own parents, teach us that everyone, everyone, has the capacity to help others. On Rosh Hashanah, we will fill this sanctuary and spend 10 days collectively pondering the year to come. Cantor Barak will sing an age-old tune, Unitana Tokef, that will cause all of us to tremble a little as we realize that we truly don't know what the coming year will bring. There could be more drought or flood there could be another earthquake. We don't know. And so our tradition wisely reminds us that although we cannot control nature, there are three things we can do that will improve the quality of whatever lifespan we get. Uteshuva, utfila, utsadaka. We can seek and grant forgiveness with God, with others and with ourselves. We can come together as a community and pray, just as you are doing right now, 
just as we will do throughout the High Holy Days and all throughout the year. And finally, we can engage in the Jewish practice of developing a regular tzedakah habit to support the temple, to support the most vulnerable, and to support other worthy medical and civic causes. A few years from now, the ice bucket challenge will likely go the way of the chia pet. But the power of the harvest challenge, the truma gift giving, and the fundamental Jewish concept that all human beings can help others, these will endure and enrich our lives. Shabbat Shalom.